passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. It is John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting. And the two of us have watched SmackDown Live. We watched the Mixed Match Challenge. And during my wait period here in Canada to find this episode, this hidden gem, I watched the 26-minute edition of 205 Live tonight. It was just a star-studded attraction tonight from Laredo, Texas. How are you, Way? I'm fucking miserable. Wow. I've never heard you say those words in relation to yourself. This was one of the most dull SmackDown episodes I've ever watched in my life. So is that what you're referring to, or did you have a personal crisis? It was, it was a bit of everything. Um, but certainly the shitty edition of SmackDown did not help. This was one of the worst... Like, just a nothing episode. A nothing, nothing, nothing episode of SmackDown. Yeah. I was struggling. I was struggling throughout the entire thing. And, when, uh, sorry. When they announced, sorry, we're talking over each other, but when they announced that we're going to get the finals of that tournament, when I watched those two semifinal matches, I was hoping the finals would be postponed until 2019. There was nothing in the world that made me want to see that final. And yet we were getting it that night. I was like, this is the whole episode. It's Jinder Mahal in two matches. It's half an hour of Jinder Mahal wrestling out of a two-hour show. Yeah, uh, it was tough. That match with Xavier Woods, unbelievable. I feel we're, bad. I feel bad for the people that were there to to pay money to see this night's. I I, maybe, I, I hope that dark match at the end of Two Hundred Five Live. Whoever it was between, I hope it was a five-star classic. I'll tell the- you, Way Goldust was more over on 205 Live than anyone on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. The Laredo Energy wow. Center was was lacking in energy for SmackDown. And I can't blame them because this was literally the biggest news coming out of SmackDown was Trish Stratus is going to be on Raw. They listened to our podcast and realized, oh, crap, we forgot about Trish. And they contacted her, and now she's part of Raw on Monday night. So your old friends, John and Way, getting Trish booked. I think we should take complete credit for that one. Sure. Anyway. Do you want to chat about uh, this show? Is there anything else you want to discuss? Do you want to, do you want to warm up with anything? Anything uh, catch your eye today? Yeah, well, I woke up early this morning to um... – to try to get tickets, are you familiar with uh, the AGO? Of course, yes. Are you? I have, a, I have a pass, actually, a season's pass. Oh, so then do you know who Yayoi Kusama is? Uh, describe. Is this is this the one with all the, the mirrors, or is, is that a different? Yes. Oh, okay, it's all the different mirrors. Okay. Do you have tickets? So you, you, um, I, I don't know. So I, I, woke, up at, I woke up at like uh, 9, 9 a.m., to get tickets for this public on sale at 10 a.m. for somebody. Wow. For, for a friend. And, God, 10, 10 o'clock comes around. I have three browsers open, okay? Uh-huh. I'm waiting in line, waiting for 10 a.m. I've never done this before on, uh, at the AGO website, so I don't know. Like, is this like a Ticketmaster thing? How do you do it? It automatically slots you in line. I have no idea how, because I'm here sitting, waiting, watching this countdown clock to go on, and then at, 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 the, at, the, at the moment of 10 a.m., you're automatically ent- entered into the line. And I was entered automatically at 10 a.m., 13,000th place. What? Yeah. 
13,000 people were in line to get tickets to this thing. Well, that was one of one of my browsers. Another one is 15,000th. Oh, th- and then <laughs> thankfully I had my phone on as well. And I was so lucky, John. I was only the 9,000th 500 <laughs> person in line for these you cracked the four figures. tickets. How many tickets went on sale for this thing? Like, I know there's got to be tons of different shows and stuff, but there can't possibly be thousands of tickets to be sold here. I don't know. I don't even know. The problem with this is, whatever this is, I don't even know what it is. I'm getting these tickets for somebody else because they're working. Anyway, so it's like they only allow, because of these, these mirrors, this installation, like they only allow like four people in at once. At 30, like for 30 second slots in, I don't even know how to describe it. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous, but the the tickets are very limited. Uh, At least 15,000 people signed on at 10 AM to try to get these tickets. And so, um, so basically I'm in line. Okay. I leave my browser on. Thankfully now I work at home so I can actually monitor this thing. And I'm sitting here waiting for 9,500 people to go on ahead of me to order these tickets. <laughs> I take a phone call with said person that I'm getting tickets for. Hey, man, I'm at 9,500. I'm just uh, I'm right around the corner here. It's 6 p.m. Okay. <laughs> I, I, got, I got in line at 10 a.m. It's 6 p.m. <laughs> and then I get off the phone with this person. And I go and check... And I miss my fucking window. Oh, no. So. Your got, whole day was in this well, virtual lineup. I mean, I didn't have to monitor it the whole time. I was no, but things. I mean, you, this was something that was a priority all day long for you. It really was. And so. Um, like, so you couldn't I, have gone out tonight. You couldn't have had plans and, and gone out tonight. You would have had to have been home for this range of when your number would get called. Well, so you did somewhat adjust. You woke up at 9 a.m., which for normal people in way time, that's like 3 a.m. That's very, very early for very you. Very much so. But, I mean, it was on my phone. It's it's whatever. Um, but I'll have to try again tomorrow at 10 a.m. You're going to do this again? Yeah. This, this better be an incredible friend. Yeah. Yeah, well, <sighs> I'll let you know how it is. Maybe you maybe you want to go too, John. Maybe I can I can get tickets for all of us. Not a prayer. No, I don't want to go to this at all. I've got mirrors. <laughs> I don't need to see my reflection and go through this uh, ordeal. So that was just I mean just that was just a long way of setting me up for this wonderful wonderful edition of SmackDown, which I really struggled to to watch. Oh wow, what a what a setup. Um, for this particular edition of SmackDown. I guess we should note that some news that came out on Tuesday was that uh, over the weekend, Jay Uso, Joshua Samuel Fatu, was arrested in Texas uh, for driving while intoxicated. His mugshot uh, showed up, and this happened sometime on Sunday. But he was on the show. Uh, he did work the house show on Sunday night, in Hidalgo, Texas. We're not sure exactly when he was arrested on Sunday, but was on the show Tuesday night. And his match is on for the Rumble. So this is something that the WWE did release a statement, but uh, didn't prohibit them from using him or anything on SmackDown. Any other news? Well, we've got... Uh, it, was a, it was a busy day of news, actually, Way New signings that we went over for mm-hmm. NXT. Yeah, anything else? Impact Wrestling has a deal with Twitch. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this? Yes, I am. They have. They are going to be launching a 24-hour channel at on Twitch beginning on Wednesday. So by the time most of you are listening to this, uh, you can go see this Twitch channel. And this is going to lead up to their barbed wire massacre match on Thursday night that will air right after Impact. And, and then they will be introducing their... Their shows, their live shows way each week, which will include a simulcast with Josh Matthews hosting a show Thursday night at the same time as Impact. 
a show called Nup Said, hosted by Tyrus. And then Monday nights, live audio wrestling, hosted by Jeremy Borash, will be part of their Twitch deal. Cool. I was alerted to this by many people today. Yeah, a lot of people messaged me too about this. I was kind of taken aback by, I was more concerned for some of the people that were contacting me who were clearly more bothered about it than I was, because I think everyone assumed this was coming back in this form. I mean, it was, that was the statement back in October was that the show is going to be coming back. Everyone said at the time, it'll probably be an impact show and it's coming back as an impact show. So you don't have to worry about us folks. We are, uh, completely fine with, uh, this show continuing with that name but i had uh, some very concerned people yeah no we're, we're good uh but i just like as a fan of uh jeremy borash i i mean i think he's a great choice for this type of show i think um like i used to listen to him on wcw live mm-hmm. so i imagine was, this to be kind of he was like very that. good on that yeah so I imagine this to maybe have a similar vibe. It's you know, it's I think, I think the move to do a lot more broadcasting on Twitch I think is a good move. It just increases their accessibility and partners them with uh, something that I think makes them feel a bit more hip. Yeah, they're gonna be, they're doing quite a lot for this Twitch deal. It's going to also include. Um, some house shows, their show that they're running WrestleMania weekend, part of WrestleCon, is going to air on Twitch. They're also going to be shooting original content for Twitch with their personalities and talent kind of outside of the ring uh, with, with various ideas that they're going to have. So they're doing a lot with this Twitch deal. So this is one of the many things where I think they're going to be throwing quite a lot against the the wall in 2018 and seeing mm-hmm. what sticks. And this is certainly something that I mean, not knowing what the what the money involved is, you can't really assess where what kind of the uh, the value this is in the immediate for impact. But it's it's it is producing more content, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and potentially you can open up a revenue stream, which is going to be vital for impact in 2018. I think just having the eyeballs and getting people watching your product is is vital for for this company in this year. I mean. It's going to be a lot of rebuilding, um, continuing from last year, and changing the public's opinion of them. And you know, um, the first step I think is just just to produce good product and to get people paying attention. So those were some of the uh, the main news items from Tuesday, and that will take us into SmackDown. By the way, before we go on, John, sorry, I want to mention the Rumble pool that is up there. Oh, yes. With the button at postwrestling.com. We have had people already enter the pool, and you've got uh, about a week and a half to enter the Rumble pool. The deadline will be Sunday, January 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern time to submit all of your picks. Just go to postwrestling.com, and there at the the top, the button that is labeled Rumble. Just click on it. For people on mobile, they don't see the button. Oh, damn it. They have to see the menu. But you can also go to postwrestling.com slash rumble, and you can make your entries. You Or you can wait. You can probably wait until maybe closer to the date, and you can submit it then. Some big news in that department, too, John, tonight. Today, I mean. Have you been following the Vegas odds for Royal Rumble 2018? You got me, Way. I have not been following the Vegas odds for the Royal Rumble. Okay, well, you've heard about this. Big, big jump today in one certain person's odds. Have you not? No, I have not. You really? Okay. Well, kind of made headlines, but Daniel Bryan. Oh, I did hear about this, and it's crazy. Daniel Bryan significantly jumped ahead in the odds for the 2018 Royal Rumble. He is now like... Something like a top ten favorite to win, which what what does what does that mean? But uh, I guess there's something to look into because uh, sometimes these odds are informed by people in the know. Not this far out, though. I mean, typically when 
And, and that's really drastically stopped over the last while. But typically it's the day of when you see big shifts in odds um, that that anything like that is going to get out. I, I think, listen, there are some wrestling fans out there. They're incredibly optimistic people out there. And what they want sometimes gets clouded by just factual evidence. And, hey, I'm, I'm sure in our Royal Rumble pool we will get many people putting Daniel Bryan on their on their picks. But I think that if you're holding your breath for Daniel Bryan to appear at the Royal Rumble, first of all, if you were going to have Daniel Bryan return, and I don't think that is happening, I don't think it would be unannounced at the Royal Rumble. Mm. But hey, it's it's the Vegas odds. We'll find out. Are you just trying to avoid talking about this this episode? Is there anything else you want to chat no, about? No, there- why don't we try to get through this as soon as we can? Well, that's probably what they told the, the locker room at the beginning of the show. As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wayne. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to SmackDown. 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 The New Day came out to start. And Tom Phillips announces at the start of the show that we're going to have the semifinals tonight and the finals of the U.S. title tournament are no longer taking place at the Royal Rumble. They're going to take place next week. And the New Day cut a promo, which featured them referring to the modern day Maharaja with the longest rolling of R's I've ever heard. They've got their plate of pancakes. Big E compares the audience to pancakes and then says that the best things in life come in threes, such as Red, White, and Blue, and Home Alone 1 through 3, which was done as a joke, which got no reaction. And then they said Jinder hates Home Alone. More silence. But he also doesn't like the people here. And then the fans booed this. Mm-hmm. There were not a lot of Macaulay Culkin backers here in Laredo, Texas, but don't you dare insult the Laredo natives. The reaction for the New Day was pretty flat here, uh, as flat flat as their pancakes. I, Ooh, daggers it, tonight. Yeah. It felt like the New Day were coming in with this, like, so much energy, hoping, like, to start a party. But this crowd just seemed like they wanted to lay on the couch and just not be bothered by these, these uh, kind of annoying people. I mean, are we at the point right now where the New Day are ready for a heel turn? Because I look at them and I'm, I'm wondering what is left for them to do. I feel their act is starting to get a bit old. And, mm, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what you can do with them right now. Jinder Mahal versus Xavier Woods in our first semifinal of the United States title tournament. Mahal just drops him with a head kick and... Then Big E starts tossing pancakes at the Sings, which Corey Graves calls breakfast assault. Jinder Mahal got the heat in this match for approximately the entire length of this episode, is what it felt like. This included Xavier trying to go for his honor roll right into a knee from Jinder. There was a first commercial break in this match. There was a second commercial break in this match. Saxton noted that Woods is wearing a United States of America wristband for his hero, Apollo Creed. Woods hit a shining wizard for a two count. This was during his comeback and then missed the elbow off the top rope. And then Jinder threw Xavier to snap his head off the bottom rope and then hit the Coloss for the win. And this match was a colossal bore for myself. And the story of this match was Jinder dominating this guy. And then he won the match. And I didn't want to see Jinder Mahal in a wrestling match ever again after this. And I was about to find out that I was going to get multiple Jinder Mahal matches tonight. This guy was our world champion. And Jesus Christ, there was like a debate of, you know, he's he's really starting to improve. And, you know, he's Mm -hmm. he's starting to really get. I watched this match. I was like, this guy should never be near a main event ever again because he couldn't carry a two segment match here. Yeah, this was awful. That's for sure. I was so bored during this match. Oh, man. 
Um, and I don't and I don't think anyone could get into the baby. Fa- Xavier Woods is, is fine. He's a he's a fine performer. But there wasn't a single person in this energy center that believed Xavier Woods was winning this match. Not one. And the story of the match was he was just destroyed for the whole match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, on a lot of worst of lists, there's a lot of debate about whether or not Jinder Mahal is the worst wrestler. I never felt like he was the worst wrestler. Like, the kick looks fine. Um, but he just, he's, he just specializes in a style that... <laughs> It's like, that what do you like about when gender, when the bell rings, what is something Jinder Mahal does that you look forward to in a match? Well, it's got to be his chin lock because that's all he does. Chin lock, snapmare, chin lock. It's like, it was like he was messing L- with L- us. Light flying knee. Um, I mean, the guy's got great, a great look. I think he's even somewhat charismatic, but the match and the style is just so dull and this episode gave you 30 minutes of it on a two-hour show so uh i had a really tough time staying awake well way uh to try and keep your interest we went to a baron corbin promo remember this guy he's like never on the show anymore I don't think there's a big uh contingent of people arguing who was on the show aside from jinder mahal and bobby Roode. We had no we had no Sami Zayn, no Kevin Owens, barely a, an appearance by AJ Styles, uh, barely, no Randy Orton, barely no Brian, Sh- Brian and Shane. No, barely them. Uh, Shinsuke was saved for mixed match challenge. Like everyone was kept off this show. Yeah. Instead, we got these guys carrying it. Baron Corbin said he's uh, he's going to win the Rumble. There's no politics. He just sees victims in the ring, and he tells people to get on board or get out of the way as the entire arena parted like the Red Sea to get out of his way. What's and significant it, about all, all the promos tonight were that they were shot in selfie mode. Yeah, they sucked. Via cell phone, and I think this was perhaps a way to integrate with the Facebook thing that they have going on, but every promo tonight was shot by the person delivering the promo themselves on a cell phone. And there were like eight of them tonight. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of like the intimacy of the, something like this. It felt and looked different than your typical backstage interview or promo. But by the end of, of the show, uh, it they just killed it. It was just, by the next segment, by the next time that we saw this, it was already a bit too much. It's Baron's time to headline WrestleMania way. It's his time. They plugged the Bill Goldberg Hall of Fame announcement, which I wasn't crazy. They definitively had Yahoo Entertainment mm-hmm. listed here You're right. for their Yahoo Finance press release that they put up. So there. I, I felt a little bit of vindication after you just – I had this great discovery last night, and you just chopped it down instantly. So I had a little redemption here. Renee interviewed AJ. Renee was wearing a Randy Savage Miss Elizabeth t-shirt, um, I guess, in honor of uh, the original mixed match uh, participants. AJ considers Kevin Owens to be two people, so it's really like a three-on-one match. He's fat. And then he mocks the yet movement. They sound like Muppets. And then sometimes you can come up with a joke, just like – you're just joking around with a buddy of yours and something happens and you just you've created a fun joke between you. They tried to script one of these for AJ because in talking so fast, they had him say Kevin Owen, Kevin and Sammy so fast that he said Cammy and then he caught himself. And he was like a deer in front of the headlights here for everyone to see how he was processing this hilarious joke that was scripted for him. And he's going to refer to them as Cammy for now on, which is just so funny. It's so funny. First of all, I, seven is way better than Cammy. It was a real because that was funny because it was a real mistake that Sami Zayn made, and Owens called him on it live. Like you could just tell this was obviously a real flub 
and Kevin Owens made a joke out of it. But this was them trying to create their own joke. But even just if, to have some shitty nickname for these two. Well, even if if whatever the the writers came up with seven, it's hardly anything witty enough to craft um, a line over, you know. And neither is Cammy. Like, not none of those are real insults. They're only funny if they organically happen and if this was a callback to something like that. But so AJ is 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 gonna start calling them Cammy because why? Cammy is. Is a girl's name. Um, great. Not one of AJ's better promos. No. Uh, he states that the thought of Cammy as champion makes him want to puke his guts out. And they aren't just facing anyone. They're facing the WWE champion. It's not the Cammy show. It's SmackDown Live. The house that AJ Styles built and was vacating for tonight's show. Then we went into our roll call of self-shot promos for the Royal Rumble, which for those that are nostalgic about the Royal Rumble, they always remember the, the promos that all the guys would cut at the beginning of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, behind their, like uh, in front of their logo. Th- this eliminated any nostalgia you may have as you watch this. First of all, we had... We had their names on a board to identify who each person was. This was like MS Paint, like level. I understand. Like, okay, like listen, I'm somebody who actually like we talk about the Braun Strowman thing on Monday. Uh, I'm somebody who who tries to advocate for almost uh, a little less production at times. This this was please like. Give me some, a bit more, okay? Give me a bit more than this. This was like the shittiest looking fonts. Uh, these videos were played one after the other, back to back. No music in the background, making, making all of it seem really awkward. And there were so many of them. We're going to go through each one. Carmella noted that the Rumble match will be fabulous. Natalia says it will take cat-like reflexes to survive, so it's obvious who will win the Rumble. Tamina says that you can fly when I fling you over the top rope. Lana has been ridiculed and written off for her entire career, but at the Rumble, she will have the last laugh. I'll give you two guesses as to what Naomi said everyone is going to feel at the Royal Rumble. Then the promo of all promos, the TJP, I think, of 2018. And that's that is not a distinction. I just give uh, willy nilly. What are you crying? You did see 205 live. I was sleep. I was like trying to stay awake through it. But yeah, no, we get to Ruby Riot. This is this is this woman's character. Okay. She's this anti-authority punk, okay? She's a, she's a punk rock character. And this is what, this is what I, I'm sure the punk movement had in mind when they would have a platform on a major cable television she's a, show. She's a 12-year-old who just discovered Sum 41. <laughs> Riot is my name, and the Rumble is my game. Creating chaos is in my DNA. You might not like me, but you can't stop me. WrestleMania, here I come. (laughs) I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe that this woman was able to get these words out of her mouth and do it with a straight face. Riot is my name and the rumble is my game. (laughs) (laughs) Creating chaos is in my DNA. (sighs) Oh, my God. What does that even mean? If you withdrew blood, you would see the schematics of my plan to inflict chaos in this world you inhibit. Oh, God. This was cringe bad. Sarah Logan. Something about fighting wolves. Liv Morgan. 
She's not here to make friends way. She's here to make history. Although as the WWE is promoting it on their social media, it is her story for the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. instead of his story. And Liv is going to live forever. And it ended with Becky Lynch, who cut the most competent promo of all of them, stating she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion, but at the Rumble she'll be the last woman standing. Right. Well, uh, uh, these took my interest down significantly. I mean, I'll say I feel like all their promos. Um, Way we are grading on such a curve. If yeah. anyone can say anything positive, like these promos were awful. These are like what has happened to well, just wrestling promos. These are awful. Well, like, this is awful that we're at this level where anyone could say anything positive about these. Well, last night I was like, I, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, because I, I said Paige, I think, is the best women's promo uh, that they have. And I'm looking at the roster and I'm looking at, at the SmackDown side of things. And I really feel confident in saying that because there's so certainly nobody here that I feel mm, is, is near. Uh, can you imagine that the, level? The- can you imagine this team, if Paige had just been called up right now, and you give them uh, a woman with the name Paige, can you imagine what those promos would sound like? I'm going to be writing a new chapter, because this page has all the words necessary, but none of you are going to be able to unlock my diary at the Royal Rumble. Yes. Oh, God. And that would be every promo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have no doubt that uh, uh, Ruby Riot could cut an, an excellent promo, but having to to fit all the all the all that in there uh, is a tough task. And eh, I don't know. I hope they. You know what my new game this. is when I, when I transcribe these promos now. My new test is that after I've. Uh, written it out and usually it'll be a Bray Wyatt promo. I think in my head, what would the, these exact words, no changing of the words, what would they sound like if Dusty Rhodes was stating these? Uh Uh-huh. And, and I don't know if Dusty Rhodes could do this one. (laughs) I think he could. I'd love to hear that. Hey baby, writes my name, rumbles my game, daddy. No, he couldn't even say daddy, right? He's got to follow this to the T. (laughs) It would, this one would be really tough. Be really tough. I think there's some Bray promos he could certainly save. Oh, him but, doing Bray would be great. Him doing TJP. I think he could totally do that. He could totally do wow. that line. <laughs> that's a new. That's a whole podcast. I think waiting to happen. Oh. You doing uh, TJP promos in the voice of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it's worth no- noting that they put Becky last. It seems like she is being positioned as the, uh, eh, the, the I think, the suggested favorite on the SmackDown side, at least. I think Asuka and Becky, the ones that are announced, those are Asuka, Becky, maybe Nia. Those are kind of the three of the people they've announced that yes. I think you could see them going with. Ask and I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Even if you're down to, I think most will assume Oscar's winning this thing, but I think Becky has, is. Uh, I, I I really like the idea of that Becky Charlotte story. Ever since someone brought it up to us, well, Becky so really do, Becky really does kind of feel poised for that top spot right now, and I I can't really say I've I've necessarily felt that since. She first had the title when she came to SmackDown. So I don't even know what's really all that different other than the fact that she was gone and now she's back. And She's the only baby face that isn't uh, – that we're not hitting the panic button and saying, ah, she needs to turn heel, which is where every baby face needs to go. Mm-hmm. And she's the one baby face that people like and that shouldn't be turning. Well, amongst like the four horsewomen, I definitely see the most upside with her having the next run right now because it's certainly not Sasha, certainly not not Bailey, uh, but but Becky's still in a good spot. Bobby Roode and Mojo Rawley were not in a good spot because they were next on this show. They noted Bobby Roode at his first WWE tryout 18 years ago. Roode gets a takedown 
and then does his glorious pose. Mojo comes back with stomps in the corner, shoulder tackles him, and then sends Roode into the barricade. We come back, and Bobby Roode is locked in an abdominal stretch. And that was that's what I felt like for the rest of this show. Like I was in an abdominal stretch. Roode fought back. He hit a blockbuster. Glorious DDT gets countered. He drives Roode off of his shoulders onto the mat. And then Rude stops that running punch that Mojo does, kicks him out of the corner, spine buster, glorious DDT, and Mojo Raleigh, the first one to incorporate the cell phone promo, loses after they've stolen his concept and bastardized it on this show. Yeah, he had like a new Titantron and everything. He's, uh, he was also like, did you, did you see, you, you watched his entrance, right? Yes. His entrance now is that he comes out, he um crawls Paces. on all yeah. floor uh, on all fours or he gets on all fours at the ramp. He st- like st- um slaps the, the 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 ramp to the beat of his music and he sprints. He sprints, he bounces off the rope several times. Um that's his new thing that he does. He just He's hyped. He loves to run. So it it's clear that he's, you know, trying to make an effort to rebrand himself. New music, uh new running thing. Uh great. I I just uh I think he needs to change his look. He needs to update his look a bit, maybe ditch the yellow trunks, maybe grow a beard or something like that. Uh but that in addition to not losing your first match, um Coming back, nah, not first match, but any of your first matches coming back, I think would help. By the end of this, it seemed like the the whole thing was for nothing. Like he just kind of blended right back into the background. Well, did you see his defense afterwards? He said the referee got in his way, caused him to lose. Okay, so that's his that's his out. The Singh brothers then jump Bobby Roode. And they ran off. Jinder is out. He's watching. And he cuts a promo about becoming the next champion. And then we hear Rude yell, give me the mic. And says they don't have to wait until next week. He suggests having the match tonight. But Jinder says no. He wants him to wait the whole week to have to think about how badly he's going to beat him. So Daniel Bryan comes out. And he says, no, finals are tonight. And I just looked up at the sky and said, why? I don't want to watch this. That's our main event. Well, why do you think they moved it tonight? I I mean, I think we can assume why they didn't want it on the Rumble because they probably don't have time. They booked booked too much on the Rumble. Yeah. So that made sense that they'd remove it. And God God knows that show doesn't need this match. Um, Yeah, I think that they were certainly limited with bodies. I would imagine that some of it was... Not just them choosing not to use guys. I think they were probably shorthanded on this show. And and certain issues uh, arose that forced them to just have to fill out this show with this with this com- compelling United States title tournament coming to a finale. Well, who was missing from the show? Owens? Yeah. Zayn? Like, they weren't even in attendance. I don't know if they were there or not. Uh, they were... They weren't on the show. Interesting. Okay. The Singh brothers jumped rude and then, uh, oh, that was what we just recapped. Let's not relive it. Then there were some promos for the mixed match challenge, including uh, Finn Balor wearing an extremely small boss t-shirt and tearing it off. They were, they switched shirts. So he was wearing Sasha's shirt. Great. We go to Randy Orton who was uh, all alone inside of an empty arena. I thought this was a a foreshadowing of the 205 events that are happening this weekend. And he says that some prefer the calm before the storm. He likes the storm and being surrounded by chaos. He should meet up with Ruby Riot's DNA because this is where he does his best work. The chaotic Royal Rumble match. And he's going to win it for the third time. And he will main event WrestleMania. 
and we just took a look at this empty arena at a WWE house show. Cool. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate you sending this in to us. You can tell he took a long time because they white flashed in between his promo. Maybe he screwed up and he wouldn't do it again. Yeah, it could be. Maybe he like... Randy, you've actually won the Rumble uh, twice before. You only said uh, twice. Yeah. Or maybe he like hit the once. hit the wrong button and like he changed the camera by accident. And then he had to yeah, you, you just shot all the empty seats. You didn't actually, you weren't shooting yourself, Randy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it looks, they advertised a dark match. Oh, wait, no, they didn't. Here, sorry, I'm, I'm reading an older report. I'm just trying to figure out what the dark match was tonight. Um, anyway, I'll let you know if I find anything. Um, I think I might have it here. All right. Um, you look and we'll find out uh, who was in the Stark match. So then we go to the six woman tag. They had advertised Charlotte, Naomi and Becky Lynch against the riot squad. Charlotte had her inverted triangle and was flipping Ruby all around the ring. They all go to the floor, go through a commercial break. They're in control of Becky, who eventually is able to make the hot tag out. And Naomi comes in with Liv Morgan, hit a spin kick off the middle rope, and then a kick off the edge of the apron. Then she followed with a springboard crossbody. Sarah Logan made the save. Charlotte comes in spearing Logan. And then Naomi gets hit by a riot kick off of the apron, which the officials talked about being uh, – behind the referee's back here. So this was this heinous riot kick. And then Liv Morgan hit something that was involving her trying to land her knees into Naomi's face. I don't know what this was supposed That's to be. That's her move. This is an awful move. And she pinned her. It's the code breaker, but she lands sideways. Well, this this code has not been solved yet because it looks right. atrocious. Okay, it looks like it was the Usos... Uh, against Rusev and Aiden, Gable and Benjamin, and the New Day. That was the dark match? That's what it looks like. So AJ Styles came all the way here for that promo. Wow. Well, what a, what a, what a way to, to cap off after you've sat through 205 Live and the Mixed Match Challenge, and, and that's the dark match at the end of it. I'm sure it was a fine match. It was probably the best match on the show. Hmm. But that's a long night. Dasha is backstage with the aforementioned Usos. And they ask how Gable and Benjamin became a tag team. And they must have done it on tag team Tinder. Because Gable's been on the rebound after Jason Jordan. And then they say that the two chumps can't tell them apart. So Jimmy and Jay start arguing back and forth which one is Jay and which one is Jimmy. Which, of all weeks... I would imagine this is not one where Jimmy wants to be playing around with mistaken identity. And then Gable and Benjamin jump them from behind and they state, we know exactly who you are. Former champions. Yeah. I thought the attack was all right. We got more promos for the Royal Rumble. Uh, this one was Nakamura with a big, uh, they, they at least changed the font way. Were you happy? We got the Nakamura lettering here. Yes. I'm he said so 30, 30 men, one winner. Him. Let's rumble. Mm-hmm. Shane came out. Poor Shane had to be brought to the show as well to just sit and watch this match and looked very bored during one cutaway to him. Then they went over names for Raw. This is where they added Trish Stratus's name from Monday's Raw. And then we got a clip of Rusev and Aiden English from, uh, with Brizongo from earlier in the day. They called their win a fluke last week. They want a rematch. Brizongo agrees but says, you're going to be facing the Ascension, which is not a rematch, but that's happening next week. So Raw's got the 25th anniversary and SmackDown's got this tag match. Oh, man, what a discrepancy of shows. Yeah, I don't – I – What a discrepancy of shows this week. Forget next week. True. Yeah. So Shane and Brian are ringside for this monumental crowning of a new United States champion as Bobby Roode took on Jinder Mahal. <laughs> you know what was the funniest part of this match? The only thing I cared about in this match? 
These two were wearing identical outfits, blue trunks, blue knee pads, and black boots, and the identical same shade of blue as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like they got this at a Canadian thrift store or something. They just got a, a, a two-for-one deal on wrestling gear. Rude got sent into the steps. Gender dropped them ribs first on the barricade. And you know how they always, they'll set up the commercial where the lead announcer just, he asks a question, which is your hook as you go to break and to come back as, will the new day be able to overcome the Usos? It's always just this grand question. Well, this time, Pillman, er, Pillman, I wish Pillman was on this show. Tom Phillips asks, who will become United States champion? And this time, before they cut away, Byron answered. Right as they're going to break, he just says, I think it'll be Tinder. And then they go to the break. That's how bored I was, Way. That was the highlight. That might have been the highlight of the show for me, was Byron asking the hypothetical question hmm. that Tom was asking the audience out there, the rhetorical question. There was a shot of Shane and Brian looking very bored. Mahal's beating down Rude. And then Rude made his comeback. I'll give them this. The crowd did get into Rude here for this comeback. Uh, he hit a high cross. And then Jinder rotated over on top. Rude then hit a blockbuster. Mahal ran into a spine buster. And then Mahal goes for the Coloss. And it was countered with the glorious DDT. And Bobby Rude is your new United States champion in our second battle of Canadians for a United States title this month. That's right. Well, this match uh, was not as good as that other one. Um, yeah. What other one? The other U.S. title match between two Canadians that occurred. This oh, month. sorry. I thought you meant maybe the other Jinder Muhammad. I would say this one was better than the Xavier Woods match. But yes, I don't think anything was uh, sniffing the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom match. Yeah, this SmackDown sucked. Oh yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I saw Shane and Brian sitting there. I was like, at least expecting some type of storyline development between those two and Kevin there Owens. There was nothing. There Sammy was nothing. Zane. There was no this, reason. No this reason reeked for, of a of a show that was like rewritten in the last minute, and they just had nothing on this show. Maybe it was. I'd like to know the story because I feel like SmackDown usually puts out a better effort than this. This was one of the lazier shows. Just match the video packages on this show and the countless number of promos that, again, really lazy, really lazy production. Commercial, match, match, package, repeat, repeat. So much of it was skippable. I took a 30-minute nap while watching this show. And I so still, did the crowd. And I still caught back up in time to finish at 10 o'clock. So this was one of, one of the worst SmackDowns they've done in, in a long time. Uh, I'd like to know if there's any type of backstory to this because this is, I expect a, a much better standard from the WWE. Um, maybe everybody was just getting ready for this mixed match challenge. Oh, well, what a, what a delivery it was. We go right into the mixed match challenge where we have Renee Young and Byron Saxton as our hosts. And then the announcers are a, a back to life Michael Cole at 100% health. Corey Graves, and the debuting Beth Phoenix on commentary. What did you think in particular of Beth on this show? I think I thought she was great. I just um, maybe wish she had uh, maybe more of an announcer's delivery. And, you know, she's not an announcer. But uh, I don't even know if she's done commentary before. But I thought she sounded great. Uh, but it's just sometimes kind of tough to hear her uh, amongst everybody else. Maybe because I was so tired too, I just kind of I needed somebody to kind of shout uh, or speak up a little bit louder at me. But uh, in terms of content, I and, and I guess confidence, I thought she was great. I thought it, it it was really hard for her to navigate the three person booth and and get her like for Daniel Bryan, he was in a two man booth with Moro, where clearly you could see they were not being. Uh, overly produced. And I think it really helped excel Brian at a pretty quick rate. Here, you have the opposite scenario. You're in a three-man booth, and I'm sure it's a very heavily produced environment. And uh, while I felt Beth uh, was fine in this role, especially for her first time that I've ever heard her do commentary, I think as the show got going, 
she was kind of lost in the mix of Michael Cole and Corey Graves who have their repertoire and chemistry down pat. And now you're trying to insert a new voice into it. So backstage, we had Sasha who is now wearing Finn's jacket. So I guess that's the gimmick is that they just trade clothes. Uh, yeah, it seems to be the gimmick for a lot of teams. They two sweeted one another. And then we cut to Natalia and Shinsuke doing their the Shinsuke dance together. Uh, Sasha and Finn are also known as the Boss Club. Graves brought up that he was surprised to see Michael Cole here. And then Beth Phoenix noted that she drove 600 miles in an ice storm to get here. So that's mm. dedication right there. Yeah. Cole says in 20 years in the WWE, he has never been this excited. <laughs> he did. He said that. He said that in 20 years in the WWE, he's never been this excited for this groundbreaking show. Now, he qualified it for this groundbreaking show. So maybe that's how he justifies that line, because it would be impossible to have ever been this excited for this specific show prior to tonight. You should have said a million years. then. Well, then we got a video of some of the other teams. Carmella with the New Day eating pancakes and training. Nia Jax with the Titus Worldwide group who presented her with lucky drawers and Nia just stormed off and her ankle seemed to be fine. She could stand today. And then we had Natalia with two paws dressed up as Shinsuke Nakamura. And if these aren't enough for you, there's going to be daily videos posted on their Facebook. So if you missed any of these, don't worry. There's going to be plenty of of chances to rewatch them and get new videos daily. Do you know much about the deal that they they've struck with Facebook? Um, I don't know, like how long it lasts or or what exactly they have to do. Because it's it's just for this series. It's twelve weeks, and then at the end of this, I I'm sure they'll discuss maybe doing something more significant. It is worth noting that the peak. Uh, viewership for the live portion was 135,000 viewers. Um, I was looking, they've, they have over like 450,000 people that have liked the specific page on their Facebook. So I'm sure they're going to get a lot more viewers throughout the week. Um, but I think the primary focus is getting live viewership for this show. So 135,000, I don't know if you look at that as any kind of great number. You know, what'd I mean, be great is if, what? Mark Zuckerberg showed up to these well, I, every well, week. I don't, I don't think he's going to be doing that. He probably has much better things to be doing than the mixed match challenge. Okay. Are you ready to get into this, uh, this historic first ever mixed match challenge match? Well, this was, with, this was probably the best match on the, on the show, at least for me, up until this point. So, yeah. I guess that's the uh, the Jim Cornette line. They stole the show, but it was consider considered a petty theft on this particular showcase. Nakamura and Natalia high-fived each other at the start of the match and then hissed like cats at one another. The crowd is very hot as Nakamura and Balor are tagged in early. And of course, this is a mixed match, so obviously you're not going to have any male versus female interaction. Uh Natalia was mocking Sasha's pose. They traded slaps. Banks hit her with the double knees in the corner. Nakamura and Natalia are strategizing on the floor when Sasha goes for a suicide dive and is caught by Nakamura, who just places her down, does his pose in front, and then she is so upset that she dives off the apron, misses Shinsuke, who ducks, and she takes out Natalia and then does a pose in front of Nakamura before returning to the ring and getting her head taken off with a discus clothesline. Sami Zayn and Becky were in the back on their phone and laptop. So we know Sami Zayn was there uh, because he was shooting this. And they were in the Mixed Match Challenge chat room. Were you in the chat room? Well, I wasn't able to watch this via Facebook watch. So I was not. I was in a different chat room where guys were um, um, probably a lot Talking more about SmackDown? Um, no. Were you watching? Could you? Were you watching like the Facebook feed of this, or were you watching the network feed, which aired in the UK? 
Uh, I don't know. I just, I like. I did was... you see uh, emojis on the screen? Or like the live viewer count or uh, anything? Kind of, because... Oh no, I didn't. I didn't see like uh no, like you know, like you mean like the little things, the the likes that float. Yes. No, yeah. I didn't see that. No. So you were probably watching the same feed I was, which is just the clean screen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Nakamura drops Balor. The Kinshasa gets stopped with a sling blade by Balor, who then hits his running drop kick, goes for the coup de gras, but Natalia knocks the ropes, crotching Balor, and then Nakamura goes for the cover. Banks makes the save. Balor is stunned here, runs Nakamura into the corner post, and then Balor and Sasha do the two sweet, hit a pair of double seated drop kicks, and then Sasha hits the bank statement, and Natalia taps out at 12 minutes and 47 seconds. I think part of the appeal of this match was definitely seeing Shinsuke and Finn Balor together. Um, yeah, they had you know some good interaction, but hardly anything that I think was meant to satisfy you completely. Um, I'll say like it kind of had like a fun air to it. The match, you know, it felt like something you uh, is kind of unique. Felt like a bit of a party where you know it's like a house show match it was like they were having more fun than usual it was exactly a house show match or dark match main event that i think would be satisfying in those instances but hardly anything i think worth going out of your way to make an effort to watch um but you know they're probably i hope that they're making a good chunk of money uh because I think a sizable portion of the audience will go ahead and and go and watch it. Uh, well, they're not doing this for free. I mean, and they have they have really heavily promoted this. So this is the the shiny toy for them at the, this point is making a strong impression. I just don't know if you look at 135,000 viewers as um, a big win. And I would assume week one is going to be one of your better weeks. I don't know if you're necessarily going to even maintain uh, that. Um, so we'll see. And maybe they're looking at what the cumulative viewership is going to be over the first 48 hours or so when people uh, may be going to watch this on Wednesday, for instance. But I don't know, 135,000 viewers, that's, you know, like a significantly less than what Impact does every week on Pop. So and this was heavily promoted. Mm. So that was it. Next week, it's Big E and Asuka. Or, sorry, Biggie and Carmella against Asuka and The Miz. And we got promos from both, including Asuka cutting her promo in Japanese and Miz stating, we will win because we are Asuka. Mm, yeah. Okay. Are did you, you watch any? Sorry. Did you watch any 205 Live? Bits and pieces, yes. Do you want to hear what happened? No. Okay. I really only want to talk about TJP, but you clearly saw the segment. No, where... you you could talk you could talk about the show. I'm joking. Um, there wasn't much to it. It was a 26 minute episode, so significantly less, which I'm not complaining about at all. Uh, TJP and Grand Metalik actually had a pretty good match together. Um, and this crowd, um, being in Laredo, Texas, um, they were into Grand Metalik. There was even a Lucha Libre chant, which I found astonishing. Um, some of the highlights of this was uh, Grand Metalik hitting an Asai moonsault to the floor and then a high cross and a reverse sling blade. This prompted the Lucha Libre chant. And then as the Metalik driver gets stopped, TJP yanked the mask and goes for his double underhook lift, but it's turned into a roll-up. So for the second straight week, Grand Metalik beat TJP at 517, and TJP was all frustrated. And we go backstage, and he's throwing a tantrum just uh, knocking stuff off a desk and Dasha walks in and says, you've lost two weeks in a row. And then she catches herself and says, TJ, are you crying? And he just looks at her with the TJP look. No. (laughs) And he just marches off. This was the highlight of any of the shows. What are they? Are they doing a crying gimmick with him now? He's a he's a crybaby. He's a, he's a kid who plays video games, and he just lost a baseball game during recess. He's a nine year old. I almost guarantee you he'll have a backwards baseball cap next week, and maybe a skateboard. 
Slingshot. Uh, Come on, man. Oh. <laughs> he's he's like everything I enjoy about Rory McDonald that's like being personified here. Maybe that's his, his uh influence here. Rory McDonald is Napoleon Dynamite. Um TJP He's more like um I'm trying to think. He's not that. He's not that awkward. TJP's pretty awkward. Uh, I look forward to more next week. Jack Gallagher had a tape promo, and he says he's been tortured from hearing Brian Kendrick's skull cracking, and he's been tortured from his underestimation of Hideo Itami and says his future, Kendrick's future, is uncertain, but way, his lessons will live on through Gallagher and says all armor is indestructible until you start poking and prodding at it. And then it starts to fall apart. And that's when you can attack. And Atami will rue the day he came to 205 Live because revenge is coming. This is a very good promo, I thought, from Jack Gallagher. Have you uh, have you seen the uh, Jack Gallagher documentary? No, I haven't, but I heard it was good. Yeah, I want to watch it. Um, and then see what he's doing now. So I can compare. Another guy who is like, I can't miss Babyface. That eh, let's turn him heel. Yeah. They've also come up with, you know, we always talk about the the guys more so back in the day that would have to wear the T-shirt promoting the upcoming pay per view. It was just like oh, a, a neon sign, like yeah. dork. Yeah. Well, they they have gone a step lower. They have found something to identify you being even lower than that. I guess in anticipation for these huge 205 Live house shows coming up this weekend, they had a bunch of the guys wearing 205 Live t-shirts tonight with the logo on a black t-shirt. And this included Cedric Alexander, who came out with Gold Dust in his 205 Live tee. And this crowd was so into Gold Dust and chanting for him. He, he uh, quoted the curious case of Benjamin Button. And he says he knows a star when he sees one, and Cedric is a star. And at the Royal Rumble, it's time to roll film on a new champion when he beats Enzo. Cedric thanks him for not just being a great mentor, but an even better friend. And Goldust says, you're the DiCaprio to my Scorsese. This prompts Enzo and the Zoe train to come out. And Enzo led with a bunch of Martin Scorsese references and says that he's a bigger star than both. Goldust and Cedric, and he calls Goldust funny looking. So Goldust replies with the Joe Pesci scene out of Goodfellas about being a clown and being funny. And then he tells Goldust to shut his mouth because he's not even 205 pounds. You fat ass. So Goldust challenges him to a match, but Enzo says, You're going to have to first go through the Zo train. So we had a three-on-one handicap match where the highlights included Goldust hitting his own rear view to Gulak. And then as Gulak distracted him, uh, they were able to get the heat on Goldust. Nice went for a Fosbury flop, taking out Davari by mistake on the floor. Enzo's yelling at them, saying this is a foolproof plan, having a three-on-one advantage. But then Cedric takes out everyone with a dive. Goldust is left in the ring with Drew Gulak, hits the final cut, pins Gulak, and the show ends with the Zotrain arguing. And after this, 26 minutes, I was like, this is a great length for 205 Live. If this was double the time, I wouldn't have made it through this show. Hmm. So that was 205 Live. Cool. Highlighted by TJP. All righty. Uh, shall we go to feedback? Did we get any? There's not that much of it. Well, let's let's go through it quick then. We got a few here of people who watched uh, some of this. Well, we got – oh, what what do you think people ranked SmackDown? I'm looking a at f- A 4.13. Well, you were 4.12 off. All right, Chris. Normally, I find SmackDown the easier of the two shows to watch. The final of the U.S. title tournament felt rushed when they first – when the first round took three weeks. Also, the cell phone promos feel cheap and rather indie level coming from WWE. I know most of us rip on the 
Dasha bought 2000 for being bland and asking dull as dishwater washer questions. Here's hoping WWE hires someone who speaks Japanese and Spanish as well as Kevin Owens speaks English, his second language. This would allow stars like Nakamura and Kalisto to cut live promos in their native tongue like the CWC did. Finally, we go to the genius who says, I'm the first to complain about WWE and their current philosophy of more is more. However, the first episode of the MMC felt a little, little different to me. It appeared that all four wrestlers were a bit more loose than normal and having some fun, which to me is always a good thing. I'm not sure why Michael Cole needed to be present to announce this week, one day after not being able to return to Raw, but I'll take it for great lines like, Michael, I'm surprised you're able to be here after last night. Well, we'll get to that next week, and Finn and Sasha are calling their team the Balor Club. No, Michael, Finn is the <laughs> Balor Club. They are the Boss Club. Yes, that was a good... I love Corey. He's just always on top of it. All right. Thanks, folks. Thanks for all your feedback. Um, thanks for listening to this show. Everything was bad. I, I, I'm sorry. Paint me negative. Oh, no. Why are you so negative, man? F off. Because none of you, I think, sat through all of this in real time tonight like I did. So that's it. I'm never going to think of January 16th, 2017 and the WWE offering ever again are in we, my life. Are we watching this uh, Mixed Match Classic again next week? Oh, probably not um, for me. I think I'm out after one week. Um, if you want to continue. I, I, I watched this show way and it was just... I had no reason to continue this. It this really, was a, it really it did was not- a fine match, but I, I get plenty of fine matches. Like I, I really need to be convinced to add on more programming from WWE. And this, this did not really, 205 live is a struggle most weeks. And it doesn't even look like, look like there's any interest in, in this shit. So, uh, no. unless people tell us otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Let's get out of here. We need to go recharge. We're going to be back. Uh, we've got more shows coming up this week, folks. I guarantee you nothing will be uh, at this level. Uh, on Thursday, it is the debut of the British Wrestling Experience with Martin Bushby, Ollie Court, and Benno. And Benno has been very busy this week because he also went to the Progress card over the weekend. And he has a tremendous report up on the main page that you can watch, go read now at postwrestling.com. They will have their show out on Thursday uh, first thing, you will have that show out. And then on Friday, for our members of the Post Wrestling Cafe, it is the first roundtable show with myself, Way, Martin Bushby, and Brian Mann. So the four of us, we are going to be taking many topics, some of which uh, will be from you, from the forum, which you can go post now. And that show will drop Friday morning. If you want to go sign up to ensure that you get that show, go to patreon.com forward slash post wrestling wonderful that's it everyone have a great night have a wonderful morning and way good luck with your tickets i hope that we get an update and i hope that you are able to look into mirrors after this whole adventure thanks man all right get some rest and folks just remember there's always tomorrow